0: Welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast. Today I'm speaking to sports scientist and strength and conditioning coach Martin Buscheit and sports scientist and coach Paul Lowerson. Tuned into the Pacing Performance Podcast. So, this episode, I'm bringing two guests who've appeared separately on previous podcast episodes. So, Martin Bushite, who appeared in episode 167, and Paul Lowerson, who appeared with his then colleague Dan Pluze in episode 113. So now we're bringing these two guys together who are both uh, world-renowned experts when it comes to high-intensity interval training. So absolute pleasure to get both these guys on who are pr- pr- both unbelievable guys, um, are clearly doing some unbelievable work and have been doing for year upon year upon year. So unbelievable experience. So it was great to get these guys on and chat about everything high-intensity interval training. So in this episode, we started uh, discussing a couple of the projects, a couple of the big projects these two guys have got going on together. From a book, to a website, to an online course, to a blog, to a podcast, all of the above is going to drop in the next couple of months. So make sure you uh, keep your head to the ground and keep uh, an eye on their social media, which we, we talk about in this episode. Then we discuss a little bit about the book, which then dives into a couple of the topics that are discussed in the book on high intensity interval training. So we discuss uh, their model um, for building a a program uh, based around high intensity interval training. We discuss a little bit around concurrent um, training involving HIT, and we also discuss athlete profiling and all them co- that all them topics across different sports, whether they be individual and team sports, so you'll get tons out of it. I just, I, I'm, I'm positive you'll get tons out of this episode. Uh, and like I said, it was great to get these two guys on. So I really hope you enjoy. But just before we do get into this episode, I want to say a big thanks to Vald Performance for sponsoring this episode today. So if you haven't heard of Vald Performance, they are the guys behind the nordboard the groin bar, and the all-new Human Track. So if you haven't heard of either of them three products, visit valdperformance.com, will uh, follow them on Twitter, at valdperformance. So their all-new Human Track system is a motion capture system which integrates the Xbox Connect and four IMUs worn on both wrists and both ankles. So Human Track has been initially validated against the gold standard in Vicon with some really positive initial results with some more to come which will be openly available via the Valve Performance website when they do become available. So if you, like I said, if you are interested in getting to know about any of them three products visit ValPerformance.com or follow them on Twitter at ValPerformance. So without further ado, over to the episode with Martin and Paul. Thanks for tuning in to the Pacey Performance podcast. So this evening, I'm absolutely delighted to have a part two with Martin Bouchard and Paul Lowerson. So welcome to the podcast, guys. Hey, Rob. Hi, Rob. Thank you for giving up your time. So anyone that hasn't listened to their individual Podcasts. I would recommend uh, massively to check them out. And Paul is episode 113, and Martin is episode 167. So if you want to get a bit more background on these two guys, have a little listen to that. But we're going to dive straight into the podcast. And first up is just talking about some really exciting projects that these two guys have been uh, on with together over the last year, two years, probably forever, by the sounds of it. Um, So just coming to you just going to give us a bit of a background on first the book that's coming up and then a couple of the resources that are gonna um, that are gonna kind of complement that book so over to you super well
1: thanks again Rob for uh, for having us on and um, yeah so I, I think probably the um, the big the big announcement is is our new website it's called hitscience.com, and I guess it's a uh, it, it's gonna be the resource for ultimately uh showing what uh what we have to um to disseminate to people and the first uh, thing that's that's on that is uh is our book which is which is titled uh the science and application of high intensity interval training and for those of i guess the listeners that are unaware um well martin and i i guess we have a long history in this in this topic and that really stems from a literature review that we published in sports medicine in 2013 Uh, it's a pretty highly cited uh research piece for us it's really based on a lot of our our work and um the i guess um one of the things that martin and i found was that you know people were emailing us a, a lot on this resource but then you know there was uh it it was quite clear that there was confusion there uh with with much of the stuff that we put out so we realized that we needed to make something that's a little bit more digestible for for everyone and hence that's why we've really been in the trenches now for the last uh the last two years building hit science and and writing this book with um, with you know twenty other practitioners around the world that are embedded in in various sports, so so yeah, that's uh, that that's the main uh, key item that forms the foundation for what it is that we are we're producing um, and and is is coming out.
0: Nice, but along with the book, there's obviously well not obviously because we've spoken about it, I know about it, but there's other things that are coming alongside the book. So hit science. Just want to give us a little bit of an insight into what that's about. Then we'll come back to the book, and then come back to the extra stuff again that's been added on to, uh, to the content alongside it. Sure,
1: Rob. So I think the, the, probably the the thing that Martin and I really realised, and this kind of came out when I guess we were getting feedback with respect to the um, the our literature reviews published in Sports Medicine, is that this you know this. We're, we're trying to make it as clear as we can in the writing, but at the end of the day, it's it's kind of there's some complex there's some some complexity in the science, and we really needed to do uh, we really needed to teach that and not just not just pr- not just publish a book, but you know we all learn in different forms, and sometimes it's it's just a little bit nicer if you've got that a uh, different way of of uh taking in that information and so we we said you know we've got to make a course on this and um yeah we found um through some th- some other colleagues um lead hrv we've got some colleagues there uh jason moore and um he is kindly he's produced actually a course called uh foundations of hrv course highly recommended actually if anyone wants just like a, a foundation level of knowledge of, of heart rate variability and so they're doing the same thing for us in, in, in basically taking all of these chapters and uh, with most of, i probably say, I'd, I'd think over 80% of the same lecturers, or sorry, the same authors, and we're, we're making the, um, the book into a course. The, the book will complement the, the course. So you can, um, yeah, you'll be able to actually um, purchase the course and get a, um, I guess, a certificate ultimately in, in HIT science, and this will be really useful too. We're going to apply to um, all of the continuing education um, systems and, and major, you know, national or uh, international governing bodies and whatnot, like um, NSCA and ACSM. We'll be working with them to to develop those, uh, I guess, affiliations and uh, continuing education credits, so people can use them for the various. Um, yeah, continuing education initiatives that they require. So that's a pretty cool little initiative. Um, not only that, yeah. And, and again, um, Martin and I always talk about this. But that's you know it's great to have the science, but it's how do you actually apply that uh, within the context of a different sport? It's not there's no there's no blanket prescription that's going to work for everything. And it's really nice. I think uh, it's going to be great for the sport, the young sports science student. To be able to um, to see how things are actually actually done, um, you know, at least as much as these guys can can tell us. I think that's really unique. I'm I, I'm not aware of anything out there that's that's like it. So, yeah, I think that that's probably the biggest one rob is that is the course that's coming along and there's going to be other free stuff as well too like um there's going to be a discussion forum we've got a blog going um we're working on a podcast and um yeah hopefully it's going to be a a really cool place that um you know the the uh the sports science the 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 individual that's interested in sports science can can go to and and get some pretty cool and useful information
2: yeah if, if I could just comment a little bit on what uh, Paul just uh, mentioned, is that the, 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 the first part of the book, which is, as Paul described more or less an, an extension, a bit more probably simplified version of the, of the SportsMED reviews, that was probably not, that, that was clearly not the most uh, exciting part of the, of the journey. Um, but definitely to be able to interact, share with uh, our sport elite sport colleagues, and it was pretty amazing to see how much they shared in terms of uh, contents. They're just providing training plans, uh, just real stuff from real real lives, um, and that was very really cool f- for us and to learn from other sports as well, and to see sometime how our work, our previous work, like that was published five years ago, has been has managed to go through uh, the barrier of uh, the real world and be already employed. Or not, obviously. Not not not, not everyone is, has been using uh, our methods put it this way, but it's been very it's been very very interesting to see the the the, the practical side of the the, the science we created uh, five years ago. And for us, that process was uh, was very ent- entertaining, and we we learned a lot from that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Superb, very exciting. So, just want to dive into the book a little bit, and it's something that I did with David Joyce. Uh, and I think a couple of other people who've, who've come out with books and just give us a bit of a, a kind of dive into a couple of the chapters um, and maybe kind of set the scene for what people can expect and obviously along with that there's going to be lots of takeaways that, that people, can, um, people can use in their day-to-day and maybe just start with um, the kind of hit science approach and as you've put it, Paul, um, what should people be doing today?
1: For sure, for sure. Yeah, good place to start, I think, Robin. Look, if um, a lot of people have access to, our, to that sports medicine review, and that, that really, you know, a lot of the information is in there. It's expanded on and, um, you know, made with new clear graphs, etc. But basically, uh, I think, you know, um, we're always uh, we're always touting that you need to consider the context first and foremost, and that is, you know, starting with your sport demands, The the sport and the sport demands. All sports are going to be different. All they're all going to have different demands. So be very clear on that first. And um, this is these are all things that are determining determining what your physiological objectives of the hit session are. So the sport, the athlete profile. You know, we're all so individual, and um, we're all going to be at different levels. So um, this needs to be in your consideration. What are the long term adaptations that you're, you're you're trying to achieve? And then what are the periodization um, aspects? You know, when, when is it appropriate to apply your hit session or not? So those are the first sort of puzzle pieces that, that kind of need to go into place to start the process of, um, of determining your hit session. And then mm-hmm. from then... Can, we, 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 can, yeah,
0: I, can I dive into that, Paul? Is that all right? Please do. So uh so when you when you talk about athlete profiling there's been a lot of and I've, I've had guys that have kind of come from a track and field background and they've uh talked about how they profile their athletes but when it comes to athlete profiling for high intensity interval training just want to build that out a little bit and what that might what that might look like and potential avenues that people may look into a little bit more
1: Yeah so um well, for me, like I would probably take the individual team sp- or sorry, the individual sport approach. And for me, I mean, I can uh, I can use a lot of the tools at my disposal. If say, for example, I might have a have a, a triathlete where I would use a, a power meter, and from that power meter, I would be able to easily get a, a quick power profile from a, a very simple, you know, um, a couple all-out uh, short-term. Sprints versus some longer-term sort of um, uh, efforts, and simply from that, you you would know very very quickly what some physiological capacities are, both anaerobic, neuromuscular, and um, and aerobic. So that's that that was that's kind of for me from the you know a very a uh, quick snapshot of. Um, the, you know, if, if a athlete sort of came to me, it would not take me too long to to have a, le- a little basic uh, understanding of that profile in addition to meeting them and talking to them. And, you know, maybe Martin would have a little bit more insight into the team sport approach or his, yeah. his approach.
2: I would be, it's probably obviously the, the same approach, but if you want to make it very distinct, you would have uh, players with more um, kind of a speed, explosive profile. Who are generally able to to repeat short uh, short intervals, short sprints um, at very high intensity, um, while others with probably more aerobic profile will struggle in very very high intensity zones, but will be more comfortable in performing a bit longer intervals, for example. So even though we would have a, a session with more or less the same objective in terms of physiological acutely physical response or or even development perspective, the, the the format of these intervals might actually uh, need to be to be thought in relation to, to to their their profiles could be metabolic but also neuromuscular probably even more neuromuscular based for for team sports.
0: Yeah. So that's uh, your question, Rob. Yeah, no, absolutely. Just to, just dive into Martin's um, Martin's point. So bucketing them to them them two kind of athletes, how would you go about actually putting them into buckets? What kind of Testing, what do you do to be able to, to do that in the first place?
2: Yeah, I think there are as many testing approaches as there are practitioners in, in the world. Uh, <laughs> I think you, you need whenever the, the, whatever the, the testing battery you choose, but you need to assess uh, more or less sp- speed and uh, explosive power and probably something that represents uh, aerobic capacity uh, minimum. So I would use uh, yeah, maximal speed measures or something to predict that and something like uh, maximal aerobic speed and or in between uh, everything or if you want to have a compound quality of everything, I could obviously not not talk about uh, the, the 3015. Um, <laughs> but at least, obviously you need to, to have a, a measure of, of, of both, uh, at, at least an idea of the two, the two locomotor um, speeds, which is, uh, yeah, maximal speed and maximum power. Cool. Question and we to,
1: should we, we sorry, should well, no, we we should be also uh, very clear that Martin's recently released his 3015 app. I'm not sure if uh, you know that's that's a really and that's a free app for people to use. So make sure you uh, link to that in the in the show notes and uh, yeah, highly highly great great re, you know resource free resource for for the practitioners out there. And I think that's you know, it's, it's so cool what Martin's done because he's, he's really, you know, I think that the, that anaerobic um, sort of zone is, is um, it just hasn't got the same play in the sports sciences as uh, I guess more of the aerobic kind of parameters. And, um, but it's, it's often, yeah, it's, it's downplayed relative to its importance. And it's uh, the 3015 really individualizes for that. And, yeah. He, again, his, his um, you'll get a little bit of a taste of the um, some of the course material that's on there too, because I think there's actually the thirty fifteen uh, lecture for Hit Science is actually uh, is is on Martin's website. So yeah, be sure to check that out.
0: And I, I don't think I'll be the only one that has been sat in the car with the music on through iTunes or whatever, and all of a sudden there's a lull. And then the 3015 comes on, you sat next to your girlfriend, and she's looking at you thinking, what on (laughs) earth is this? We're not listening to this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. With the app that's out of your iTunes um, list. Exactly. Exactly. So bonus for everyone. Yeah. just if you want to f- finish a bit the, the, the chat about the, the profile, you know, I think this ability to, to tolerate supra maximal uh, intensities during uh, intervals, I think that's something completely overlooked by uh, all the, the previous research where uh, the programming of intervals have has always been based on uh, the, either the speed or the power associated with VO2 max and everything has to be has to, has to be performed with that power or speed as a reference. But as soon as you start to, to work a bit above, um everything that matters is more the anaerobic component and the muscular num- system. And this is something that um, if you don't test it, if you don't in addition to uh, aerobic power. If you don't measure that with speed or the 3015, you'll just you you'll never get an idea of that. So uh, that, that, that's, to me, the, the most uh, important, uh, not, not progress, but the things that, that, that's been really, really overlooked for, for a long time in the, in the physiology. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Cool. Sorry, Absolutely.
0: So, we'll no, no, let go back to...
1: well yeah i mean but that's that really closed the loop on the profile i mean there's there's three different ways you can kind of get at profiles depending on the athlete um and the sport and whatnot that's in front of you but um but yeah you you really want to know you want to know those various different um components that we'll kind of get to next you want to know what the physiological targets are um and you want to know what the physiological sorry we also want to know, what the physiological response of of high-intensity interval training can be. And that kind of brings us to chapter three in the book, where we've broken down the the main key uh, responses that we can get uh, using HIIT training into uh, these three key areas, the first one being the oxidative or cardiovascular sort of component, that aerobic component. So we've got a big section that's devoted to that. That's obviously very important. Um, but and then the second one is the, um, the anaerobic glycolytic or the lactate kind of system. That's sort of the second component that, um, that we want to um, we know we can get a hit response with. And then the third one that we can get a hit response with is the neuromuscular system. So those are the next sort of physiological kind of considerations. That we're making um, when we're trying to sort of figure out which hit session that we want to uh, we want to use, and depending on how you skin the cat, we like to say you can get a um, different quantities of those three main components, uh, and yeah, that that basically winds up forming uh, five or six main. Uh, physiological hit types we call them hit target types so the first one is the first one is basically a hit session that is metabolic it's, or it's it's aerobic in nature there's not too much of a of a an anaerobic glycolytic and a neuromuscular component so they're there's sort of uh, on the one end of the spectrum they would be your softest or tamest um Hit training session with a you know a low 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 amount of kind of damage but still a good response or stimulus. And then the second one would be a type two response where you get a little bit of a neuromuscular um, response with a, with an aerobic stimulus. Type three would be um, an aerobic and an anaerobic stimulus without uh, too much neuromuscular strain. Type four would be you know it's you're throwing everything and you're hitting you're hitting all three of those key targets, so aerobic, anaerobic, and neuromuscular. And then type five or more ones they're kind of relatively exclusive to repeated sprint training and sprint interval training where we're just um, we're just targeting the anaerobic and, and neuromuscular system. And then if you want to throw in a type six in there, um, you can, you know we, we also kind of consider that, when we just have speed work um, or strength sessions. That those are those would be considered just neuromuscular responses, and those are very important. I guess when we're trying to what we call solve the puzzle. So it's a, um, I guess we're we're first of all just trying to kind of classify the type of response before we even go into different formats and. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people think they think format first. We're trying to throw things around and, and get them to think about the the physiological targets um, first, and then using the formats or the weapons, we call them, to hit those targets. And I'm not sure Martin might want to add on some, some yeah. stuff there. You might want to ask some questions,
0: Rob. No. Mm-hmm. Martin, do you want to go first? And then I'll, I've got <laughs> a couple of questions <laughs> off the back of that.
2: Yeah, what just Paul said is that that's, that was probably the the, the, the origin of the, the, the thoughts of creating these the, families, these types, is that you often hear people saying, okay, what do we do today? Okay, let's do a 15-15, Let, let's do repeated sprints. But obviously formats, if you just think formats, you just can't really uh, make sure you're going to target what is right for the for the, for the day. In relation to the context, so I think it's important to to step back first and to say, okay, because of the context, what we've been what we've been doing yesterday, what we're going to do tonight, or whatsoever, because my athlete is tired, or because, or what's the reason? Then you can figure start to figure out what are the physiological responses you are after, and once you have defined them, then only then you can have a look to the to, the, to those weapons. And that just makes everything easier because obviously for one type, of, uh, one one type, one, one target, you can always use different weapons, different high-intensity uh, interval training formats, which obviously gives then you uh, more room for creativity. Or you could be different like in a team sports with a, or in, even in an environment where you have many staffs. You don't obligatory need to discuss the exact format as long as everyone is happy and agreed on the type. So that just allows uh, more flexibility in terms of how the session is applied as long as the objectives are probably the the, the least bad for the the occasion.
0: So we're just going to take a very quick break in the chat with Paul and Martin. So in part two, um, Martin talks to us a little bit about how high intensity interval training can work alongside and within. Um, a small-sided games approach, which is really interesting for people out there who are working in uh, in team sports. But just before we do get into part two, just want to say a big thanks to Black Box Fitness for sponsoring this episode today. So Black Box Fitness are a specialist gym manufacturer based in Belfast in Northern Ireland, but also ship and fit out uh, gyms all around Europe and all around the world. So if you are looking for things to add to your current uh, list of kit or if you're looking for a complete gym fit out make sure you have a little look at black box fitness and you can you can visit the website at blkboxfitness.com and you can also follow them on instagram and twitter at blkboxfitness so like i've said before they do some really cool stuff on instagram so have a little look over there and have a little look at some of the um some of the fit outs they've done whether it be personal gyms whether it be Team sport environments, private gyms, they've done the whole spectrum. So make sure you uh, have a little look if you're looking to add to your repertoire of tools in the gym. So over to part two with Martin and Paul. I hope you enjoy. Sorry, this is probably to contradict what you've just said, but if you're looking at type one, which was the more aerobic based um, interval training, just want to give us a couple of examples and maybe how that, how they. If you if you just target in type one, um, how that can then influence other types along the way, depending on what you do and what you manipulate.
2: Mm. <clears throat> yeah, I think Does that
0: makes sense.
2: Yeah, no, sure. If, to give you examples, so I think it's it's easier to go backwards. So saying type one will have low, very low neuromuscular demands. So if you're and I know your your background as well. So if you wanna discuss uh, more in things, you're you you're more familiar with Rob. Um, How would you implement a session with low neuromuscular load? You probably have your guys running on the grass with uh, normal sneakers rather than on a a track or doing turns of chain of direction, for example. So obviously a type 1 will be everything but hard surface and chain of direction. Um, A type 1 is also with low um, glycolytic uh, contribution. So you'll do everything you can to reduce the anaerobic contribution, like having very short intervals. So we know that uh, intervals for more than 10 seconds, as long as the intensity is pretty is pretty high, are going to trigger the anaerobic system. So likely 10, 15 seconds of efforts maximum, as long as the intensity is high. Um, then you can also obviously adjust, uh, and I think we, we might Take, talk a little bit about that later as well, but you can control the recovery between the efforts as a way to control an, aer- an aerobic contribution as well. So and then, then you get something like a, like a 10-20 for example, if it's short intervals with a passive rest uh, on the grass with um, with no chain of direction and you're, you're in, in, into a, a type 1. But there are many, many other ways uh, to, to program and to tailor a type 1, um, depending on the adjustments of the the, all the different variables that can be adjusted when you set up um, a session.
1: I was thinking also, Martin, the uh, just like uh, on the bike as well would be cool. low, lo- low neuromuscular load according to the the same um, yeah the same sort of formats that we we're talking about, but just done change the modality and go to you know do a bike sort of session. So there's very you know very little neuromuscular uh, engagement in the, in those sort of situations. Yeah,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. As we move up, as we move up the types, I know it's it's hard to nail down and say. This is what this type it looks like, but just to move through the types, maybe give a couple of examples of how we could kind of paint a picture in people's head would be would be great if possible.
1: Yeah, so I think that was type one. So Martin, maybe type two for you. Uh, go go with your type two next, and I'll, I can go to the next one. Yeah, yeah, sure.
2: Uh, I think it, yeah. Again, it's easier to make his to make one's mind is to go progressing from one to another. So I think if now you you, you follow the reasoning for the type one. For type 2, we just need to introduce some neuromuscular demands. So it could be the ten, the, the same 10-20, but now during these 10 seconds, you just do shuttles or jumps or whatsoever. Easy.
1: Perfect. Yeah, so then type 3, well, type three we could even go back to the bike. Again, we want to reduce the neuromuscular load, but we want to add on a little bit more um, glycolytic aspects. So we want to probably lengthen the time now up there. So you we're know, starting to go you know, 20, 30 seconds now um, in terms of your, your effort length. And then with a similar kind of level of recovery, you're going to start to get a little bit more of a glycolytic load into there.
0: Yep. Sweet. And then, and then the top end?
1: Well, type fours are our potential, ma- you know, weapons of mass destruction. So I love to, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like a VO2 session. So a lot of people know, it, you know, VO2 max intervals kind of are, um, and now we're really starting to get a you know all all systems go in this sort of situation right so you're you're um, you know like a, a VO two max sort of, sort of session so say three minutes on two minute two minutes off at, at VO two max kind of power output or or running speed VVO two max yeah. or, um, or the, yeah. you're really starting to you know. Uh, hit hit all these sort of systems so cardiovascular loads maxed um, type 2 fibers are fully engaged and um, and yeah you're gonna you know if you're running at least you're going to get a good uh, a good neuromuscular engagement and potential musculoskeletal strain from such of an such an effort Yep. And then, I don't know, Martin has Martin might have once so a little bit more team sport context as yeah,
2: well. Yeah, I'm sorry, mentioning uh, small side games, typical football uh, 4 by 4 small spaces or something like that. So with, uh, with the same uh, types of uh, response,
0: type 4, yeah. That was going to be my next question, Martin, was that how does this interact with in the team sport setting and probably taking it back to the discussion of what we're going to do today and... Uh, hit sessions and small-sided games. How does that play? How does that play together in terms of the planning, with the coach's hat on saying I want to get this, then the kind of physical side saying I want to get this. How does that kind of how does that marry up?
2: Uh, again, as as we were discussing, as long as you get uh, the type more or less agreed, then uh, it's our job to make sure the format uh, makes the coach happy. You know. So um, I don't know. I think um, yeah. In terms of priorization, there are probably days you're happy to hit uh, type uh, type four when it's middle of the week and you can really uh, push players to the limit. So then this this is where you go for for small sized games or or typical run days intervals that are gonna trigger or, um, or touch the, the our three three categories. But probably um, closer to the game. Uh, Post game or pre game, if you want to still need to top up a little bit the aerobic system, while still making sure you don't impair recovery or you, do, you don't dig too 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 much into the the um, the system, then you got, you you might definitely choose a uh, type one or, or or type two or di- again depending on what's the context around this heat session. Is there um, a tactical session just after, just before? Is there a gym session after or, or before? So it just depends so much on, on the context of the day uh, and the periodization That is, there's probably um, one one good answer per, per, per day, per context. Mm-hmm.
0: And I guess this is where the experts come in in terms of giving the context around their sport and painting that picture so people can have, a, have that picture in their head with um, combat sport athletes. This is how this fits into our periodization, normal daily structure, how that differs to you doing football. I guess that's obviously why the experts are there from them individual and team sports. Yep.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Rob. Um, the, I think the, um, the sport experts kind of coming in and, and really showing the context is really going to, to I don't, I'll give the up-and-coming sports science student, I guess, awareness of, of those sorts of situations. But equally, um, I guess, practitioners that are already embedded, this is going to be a really good resource for them to get um, to, I guess, upskill their own science to be able to uh, have that skill set to be able to understand how you know how the manipulations of these factors in their uh, in their hit sessions can be can be used to up, um, I guess increase or decrease the various f- uh, physiological responses that they um, they they need to because that's the real power right if they can kind of you know change that on the fly. And uh, if they've got that skill already, uh, and they've you know they already understand their contacts, but but now they now they've got the um, now they've got the science nailed as well. It, you know, creates a really um, powerful uh, practitioner, I guess, or effective practitioner.
2: Exactly, I would say it's not the, the knowledge per se that, that really helps or makes this difference. Is is more the ability to apply the, the, the right knowledge uh, within the the right context on the fly. I think- as you said, as you, as you uh, in the fly, uh, yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. I think this is somewhere, and uh, this is something that I strolled with personally, was actually piecing all these different things, whether it's the modality, the rest, the, like, what kind of rest, the uh, interval, all these different components that need to be pulled together and, and considered. I think that was uh, as a young coach, that was something that overwhelmed me. All these, lots of different decisions to actually bring together into one session that hit the, potentially if it was a small sided game, which also hit the technical uh, aspects that we wanted to hit. There was a lot to think about. So these kind of types, I guess, pull that together and make it digestible for people to make these kind of decisions, which I lost my head over.
1: For sure, Rob. That that yeah, that's the ultimate um, goal. That's the niche we're trying to kind of fill here. And uh, yeah, hope, we'll we'll see how it's received. Hopefully, people like it.
2: There are some uh, oversimplifications, simplifications, sure, with uh, with this approach. Um, but sometimes, to be a bit more pragmatic, you need to get uh, into things uh, simple that at least can be understood by colleagues. If, if you are again, if if you are many. People working with the same athlete within the same day, it makes it even more important to have this kind of very simple families and say, okay, I'm going to work on the neuromuscular system in the gym for the first part. Fine. So if the conditioning coach um, understands that, he can just figure it out. What's the best session to complement, or in either to overload if it's really the, the goal, or at least underload uh, the neuromuscular component so that the the two sessions, the gym and the pitch session, will be will be actually coordinated, you know? And uh, you need to go through this simplification for to, to make sure the, the the message goes through and that people can work together.
0: Mm-hmm. Perfect. So just to come back to where we started almost, there's a lot of other stuff that are coming, I mean, coming around this book and around the course, in addition to what we've already chatted about. So there's obviously the podcast, which is, um, a little bit later down the line so not quite ready yet but in terms of the blog when are we looking for people to be able to access that is that something that's accessed now is that a couple weeks down the line when's that going to be ready
1: I think Rob I think uh, I think we're going to post our our first post um, shortly after we finish this uh, this podcast with you so uh, by the time this podcast is up there should be at least the first uh, introductory Post uh, up there, and yeah, we've got three in the pipeline, and we're and we're starting to get these coming in from not just ourselves. We're kicking them off, but um, we've got uh, you know guest, uh, high profile guest uh, bloggers and whatnot that uh, a lot of people will be aware of, and um, kindly uh, are again jumping on board and uh, yeah, providing some nice uh, nice content for us um along the the area of, of high intensity interval training so um, yeah and, and again if there if there are other you know if there's other people out there that um, that want to want to get on board with this and they've got something to say please get in touch with us through our channels um, but yeah the, the blog is the is is one of those things and and again in, in the future I think we'll also want to have a a bit of a discussion sort of um, uh, forum uh where you know a little bit of a free-for-all might might have to be moderated somewhat but we really want people to kind of you know debate the area a little bit as well and um yeah we hope we hope to have that as another sort of feature that is that is on the hit science website
0: mm-hmm. and then i know we spoke about this previously but in terms of giving back to the community there's a few little plans there as well I just want to explain a little bit further on that
1: yeah. So again, we're we're hoping that um, there's some uh, revenue that's generated from this, uh, and yeah, it's 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 really it's important that we give back, as you say, and 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 we want to again, where at least where, where I came from is was, and I really found these the integrated research that was done between uh, our academic institutions and and our you know our high performance. Uh, teams and uh and individual sports are I, th- I think they're excellent and and i'm sure there's other methods out there as well for for generating more you know um, science and application type research and we want to i guess develop both uh hope, hoping that we'll je- be able to generate a a resource that can support grants and or scholarships to you know that are um you know run by you know credit based post secondary uh college university institutions um, that you know that would be recipients of of this fund so that's um so yeah i guess um yeah we we hope to have that uh, running by next year as well
0: yep. superb excellent um, and I guess the most important bit: where can people keep up to date with progress and all these little things, well, big things that you've got going on? Is there any place in particular? Is it your personal channels? Is it new channels? Where's the best place?
1: Yep. Yeah. Check check us out on. Uh, so we've got a t- uh, Twitter uh, site set up um, already, and it's uh, at Hit Science. And um, you know, you can check it. You can follow us as well. And um, you know at at Mart uh, one Bouchette or mart one B U C H you probably are all following them <laughs> and uh, I, and I'm Paul D. Larson and and yeah and I, I guess actually we're, we're even I should also mention we're um we're doing uh, we're we're kicking off for those of you out there that are passionate about this area we're kicking off our first uh, first contest I'll mention running from September first to December first. We're going to give away up to 20 free books for the most uh, creative social posts with the hashtag, I Need My Hit. Um, Yeah, hit science. So if you're in need of a free book and you know how to run social media, um, yeah, get into the contest.
0: Everyone loves a free book. Everyone loves books, full stop. Never mind a free one. So I'm sure there'll be plenty of people on that. But I really appreciate you guys coming on, and it sounds like some unbelievable – work has gone into this and hopefully some uh, some unbelievable resource at the end of it i'm sure there will be so i'm really excited to see what happens in the next week couple of weeks months and uh yeah leading up to christmas so it sounds great but i I appreciate you both coming on and um we'll keep in touch and i'll speak to you both soon
1: awesome thank you rob
0: thanks a lot thanks mate thank you a
2: pleasure as always cheers
0: Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Pacey Performance Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the chat with Martin and Paul. So I've put a link to their book on Amazon, which is not available yet, but you can have a little look on on the strengthofscience.com website and it'll give you a little link there. I'll also put the link to their website and to their book on twitter when it goes out and also on all of the channels that i promote the podcast so big thanks to martin and paul for giving up their time to have a little chat about their projects and about everything high intensity interval training so also a big thanks to the sponsor of this podcast black box fitness and Val performance and got some really interesting guests coming up over the next couple of weeks so make sure you press subscribe on your chosen podcast player as always and i'll chat to you next week